Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I am your host, Ken Romeo, and boy am I thankful because with me as always is my co-coach, Mr. Andrew Turiago. Hey, Mr. T, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, it is a uh, interesting Friday afternoon uh, after a long week of you know some hybrid teaching, some in-person teaching, some Zoom teaching, and uh, excited to talk about some quiz bowl. Sure. Yeah, we have Thanksgiving coming up, and uh, you know, while we've been recommended to not have too many people in our house and stuff, it'll be a, at least a nice break from a routine to be home with our with our families and mm-hmm. stuff like that are you um celebrating with yeah, your we're two parents? for two we're two for two on on no turkeys some astute listeners may remember we had salmon last year i think this year i i think we were only able to get chicken all the turkeys were out so uh we're going we're going chicken this year they're not out of turkeys there's they, plenty i of- think they were they were when my mom went to costco so that okay. is said and done. Okay. All right. So note to self, let's not go to Costco when I want to buy my turkey. Maybe we'll go to... Yeah, I think the only turkey they had was like a 50-pound one or some kind of enormous some kind of enormous bird. I, I wonder if that like puts you on a watch list. You know, if you buy a 50-pound turkey that can clearly feed more than 10 people, if yeah, they're you like, just go uh, on a government let's, watch let's list. follow him home. Right. See if he's, uh, oh, look, they're not socially distancing. We've got mm-hmm. 25 people in their house. Yeah. How, how big is that table you got in there? It looks like yeah. you can have at least uh, at least 12 people around that table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, the last time we did our uh, podcast, uh, we got to a point where we were ready to talk about um, the results uh, mm-hmm. from tournaments in the country. And there weren't any. It was the middle of October and there weren't any quiz bowl tournaments yet. Um, But we have started to see more online tournaments come up. Uh, We've even hosted our own, which we'll talk a little bit, uh, a little bit about later in the show today. Um, But uh, but Mr. T, we actually have some results to take a look at. All right, let's take a look at what results have been posted. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. Speaking of Thanksgiving, let's start it off with the thanks for Matt Buzzer's 7, which was Saturday, November 14th, and it was hosted by the Miami Valley School in Ohio. They used NAQT's MS35. So one of the things, Andrew, about these online tournaments is, you know, a lot of them are regional, but they're allowing teams from outside of the region to enter. And I, I don't know if they regret that decision because here comes Monrovia from Huntsville, Alabama, a long way from Miami Valley in Ohio. But uh, Monrovia goes 7-0 and to win the tournament. And they actually don't really play a close match the whole time. The second place team, which is Great Valley from Pennsylvania, and that's more like the Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania uh-huh. than, the, than the Ohio border area. Uh-huh. Um, they probably gave... Um, Monrovia the best match, but Monrovia won 440 to 280. Monrovia also completed the um, the all elusive Grail. They beat Copley Fairlawn B 700 to Neg five. In this match, they powered ten questions. They got ten toss ups, 
and they swept the match. Monrovia's Tate Armstrong was the star of the day. He averaged an eye-popping 177.9 points per game. I think it's Tate Osborne. I'm getting an update. It's Tate Osborne. What did I say? Uh, the star of the day. You said uh, Tate Arm Armstrong, who I'm sure Tate is a fantastic astronaut. <laughs> but actually, Tate Osborne, uh, huge shout out to you. I'm sure you were critical to your team completing that grail, which, as we say, a holy grail something that you chase for your entire career in quiz bowl sometimes you never even see it uh or hear about it so very very nicely done yeah i don't think you need arm strength to be good at quiz bowl maybe yeah. finger strength so yeah. maybe he's tate finger strong i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, monrovia is coached by gene cox and brad holman i'm sure we're very proud of that day uh, our next tournament that we have to look at, can we actually have more than one tournament, which is impressive. Woo. Uh, North by North Gwinnett. And the date, it was held on Saturday, November 14th, 2020. The host was, as you may imagine, North Gwinnett Middle School in Sugar Hill, uh, Georgia. Packet MS36. And Howard A. from Atlanta, Georgia is your tournament champions. Uh, they went 9-0 to win their first NAQT tournament in school history. So congratulations to Howard A. They defeated the University School of Nashville, Tennessee, in the finals to take first place. And Howard's Charles Height is the tournament's top scorer. Not Charles Armstrong. Charles Height right. is the tournament's top scorer with 161.25 points per game. And Howard is coached by Nia Cannon and Jessica Hughes. So congratulations to them. Very nicely done. Uh, we'll also mention uh, our results on Saturday. We also hosted a small tournament. It was an invitation-only tournament. We had 10 teams in total. Um, and um, we are very, very pleased to say that Longfellow Middle School from um, Falls Church, Virginia, they swept the field. They went 7-0. And I mean, this was a really this was a really impressive field, if you ask me. Not only was Longfellow there with us, uh, Hunter, the, the still defending national champs were there. Um, Churchill sent two of their top teams. We also had uh, Springfield Franklin from Illinois, uh, Winburn from Kentucky, uh, we had Herberger from uh, from Arizona. Uh, really, it was it was a it was a very strong field, and yet Longfellow went undefeated, seven and zero to win it. Um, the top scorer was Evan Schleck from Hunter, who averaged an even hundred points per game. Um, and of course, we know Longfellow is hosted by the immortal Eugene Huang. So congratulations to Longfellow. Yeah, I can't say I can't say enough about how the level of the competitors, how high the level of the competitors was. As someone who moderated in uh, some of the top rooms, these kids were on fire all day. Yeah, we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, in a little bit. Um, just other results to to note: uh, Thinking Cap did their Fall American Answers. Uh, the fifth graders from St. John Lutheran School in Seward, Nebraska, took first place in the fifth grade division, and Park Forest Middle School from State College, Pennsylvania, won the sixth grade division. And those are our results. So the the tournament that we hosted uh, used a new question set. I stayed away from NAQT for this uh, for this tournament um, for a number of reasons. I, I think the most important being that. Um, I don't know how um, like these tournaments that have teams from all over the country uh, will affect regional competition. And a lot of regional middle school competitions use NAQT questions. And mm -hmm. I feel like if I could find an alternative, then that won't stop these schools from going to their regional 
tournaments. So um, I, that was my number one reason for uh, choosing a different set. So I used mm-hmm. the Tails set, T-A-I-L-S, um, and they they build themselves as a, as a middle school set. Um, they said like middle school or easy high school. And I would say this was like really easy high school. Uh, I was I was kind of looking for something um, not quite ISA, not quite high school novice, more like a like an MSNCT preliminary kind of level. And um, this wasn't it. The questions were good, though. I, I liked the questions. I, I thought they were I, very well written. Yeah. Can I share some of the feedback I got from players about the, yeah, the sure. quality of the questions? Uh, and this might be useful for Tails, too. Uh, the players felt that the questions were very balanced in terms of being uh, accurately or, or uh, evenly distributed about across all the subjects. Uh, you know, lit players were happy, science players were happy, geography players were happy. Uh, and also, I think that the questions in general did lean, even though the toss-ups could have been a little tougher, I think the, the content of the questions was good and the bonuses were good. Uh, and I have to say, as a reader, as a moderator, uh, they did something that is a very easy way to get into my good my good side onto the the good list, uh, which is they arrange their packet for the moderator where you have the toss up, and then you have the bonus right below it. So it is, uh, and I say this only because I myself am the moderator in this case. It is thoroughly idiot proof. Uh, I cannot mess it up in any way because the what I'm supposed to read next is right below what I just read. Uh, and uh, I think maybe we had one or two people read the wrong question or something like that all day, or maybe they had to toss out a question. Uh, yeah. But Which, which very, happens, very which happens in every tournament. Yeah. Big, uh, big props to them for uh, questioning the mold and breaking the mold and saying, hey, there's probably a better way to do this and thinking a little bit about uh, user design, user interface uh, for people who have to read lots and lots of pages of questions. You know, uh, online tournaments uh, take a long time and um, there's actually, it's a time suck to have to switch in between toss-ups and bonuses. Even if you have the questions on a screen mm-hmm. and you're just going from one window to another, you're still like, it, it takes that that second to find your place and that adds up over 20 toss-ups and bonuses mm-hmm. over seven, eight, nine rounds. Um, it, it, it actually does add significantly to the day. So um, I would highly recommend them if you're running a middle school tournament. Um, if they come out with another packet, either this year or next year, I'm certainly um, interested in, in um, working with them again. Uh, they were they were great. Uh, you know, <clears throat> we recently did a high school tournament using high school level questions, like regular high school difficulty. And um, for that crowd, for high school students, the questions were fine. For middle school students, I mean, they were they were they knew the kind of challenge they were getting into. So I don't have an issue with the level of difficulty, but some of the topics that come up in high school questions just aren't appropriate for 11, 12, and 13 year olds. I agree. And and you know, maybe that makes me sound like a prude. Maybe, you know, I sound like I'm, I'm from the 1950s or something like that. Like, you know, we shouldn't be talking about some of this stuff with 11 mm-hmm. and 12 year olds. But honestly, I don't I don't think it's it's the time or place um, to to deal with those topics. Um, and so I, I don't fault the writers of those questions for that. Mm-hmm. Their audience is high school and it's more appropriate for them. 
But if we're running a middle school tournament and using questions that have those topics in them, uh, I, I, I object to that a little bit. In fact, Andrew, I remember one time we did a high school tournament um, in, in Darien and they used college level questions. I don't know what, what question they were. I, I wish I did because I would definitely call them out and throw them under the bus right now. Hmm. But the, there was profanity in the question. Um, and they, they, uh, like not the answer lines. Written. Not oh my God. Written. No, not, not at all. And, and I, I went up to the tournament director and I said, if you ever use these questions again, I promise you, I'm not, I, we will, we won't come back. There's, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in writing a packet of quizable questions. Uh, I think is what you're trying to say. And they, they managed to dodge all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were great. They were great. So, uh, so tails, uh, is, is the name of the, uh, AILS. Right. And if you search for them on HS quiz bowl, you can, uh, find out how to contact them. Um, their customer support was great. Uh, I, I really, I can't say enough good things about them. So, um, so interesting, interesting wrinkle here, Ken, usually, uh, to break down the the behind the scenes sorts of stuff. Usually, we have a control room uh, during a tournament where you are with the packets, and you know moderators will run in and out, or people will run in and out. You know, you've distributed the packets as as rounds are going. Uh, how is running an online tournament different from running one in person for you, the one who's running <laughs> the tournament? Well, you can stay in sweatpants, which is which is nice. <laughs> uh, you know, you might have to deal with uh, with with your kids every now and again, um, but uh, it's you know not being in the building and and like being able to walk around and kind of see your kids like that's it's it, that's that part's a little sad. But honestly, uh, you know, when you're on Discord or Zoom, which is what we used, and you can kind of like bounce in between rooms and. Uh, and if you have your score sheet set up and you can kind of see the, the scores come in, uh, in real time, there's not that much of a difference. Uh, our tournament was small enough where I was able to, um, like keep all of the scores using SQBS and also occasionally go into your room and help you score. Mm -hmm. Um, although you really didn't appreciate that. I was glad, glad to, glad to do it. But that was, that was kind of more like, Hey, let's give me something to do in between rounds. But actually, that's because our tournament was small. Yeah. I, I thought that we got a little bit of that um, camaraderie and stuff like that. When players had their zoom cameras on, it was really interesting mm -hmm. to see the dynamic when one team showed up with all their cameras on and then the other team maybe like turned their cameras on in response. Like, right. or uh, if one team came in, they had all their cameras off, a player would like turn themselves off and then it would just be me talking to, eight names written on the screen. Uh, right. But I do feel like there were a lot of matches, uh, especially, uh, and I don't, I don't mean to say this in any sort of a, uh, a, you know, correlation equals causation context, but I think almost all the high level teams, uh, everyone had their cameras on. So I mm. feel like there was something there, like to be able to talk and see each other during the bonuses, uh, to be able to see your uh, opponents. Uh, there was something there. Uh, I think those players were were just you know treating it more uh, seriously on another level as opposed to something I'm just doing on my computer to like no I'm here and we're playing quiz bowl right now. So yeah, so I, I would say the the biggest thing I missed though was when you walk around uh, when everyone congregates in the cafeteria or wherever it might be for your school uh, when you host and the teams are huddled together and they're in their shirts you know their their team shirts and stuff and. You know, you get to see the coaches, you, you schmooze a little bit with, with the coaches and some of your players' parents, and you definitely miss out on that. But, you know, 
then then you get into a match and questions are being read kids are buzzing in they're talking to each other on a bonus and it's quiz bowl it's Uh it's uh you know that element hasn't really been lost which is awesome i I think because yeah well i was gonna say like you know if if uh if you play a team sport and now your district or your state or your county or whatever is is in like a red zone uh and everything is shut down now you Mm -hmm. you can't play basketball online with your friends so we are very fortunate that this is the avenue that we've chosen and uh, and it still exists. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there are a few things that are uniquely suited to adapting in this kind of an online environment and Quiz Bowl happens to be one of those things. So it is, uh, we're very thankful and grateful for that, uh, that we have the platforms that can work, the platforms that can facilitate this online competition like Koba and like, um, you know, Zoom, honestly. Right. Uh, if if you, I think if you told uh, if Mr. Romeo if you told Mr. Romeo from two years ago, hey, you're going to run this online tournament, uh, back when maybe we had played one or two games over Google Hangouts, and like players had like stuttered in and out and phased in and out with like the internet connection coming and going, and uh, I think your response to that would have been like, like what a nightmare. That sounds like so many <laughs> headaches, uh, and I think you know from what I've what I've heard from you, it seems like it was a, a positive experience. Like running an online tournament was surprisingly smooth. Yeah, th- there were a couple of things that contributed to that, and first and foremost was um, the readers that we had were amazing. They were, they were my uh, assistant coaches and um, and one other um, teacher from our district who works with gifted kids who knew many of our um, players and who's helped us out at tournaments before. Um, so they were all veterans. We had, um, fewer high school students than we usually have. And I imagine it's because it was an SAT day, mm-hmm. but, but they uh, also helped, right? They, we had a, a good number of returning veterans. Uh, yeah. So, alumni. so each room had, each room had two, um, incredibly competent staff members, um, Except for yours, you just had one, and then occasionally I would come in and, and, and join you. Uh, so then, so but, then even uh, when you come in and join, it's still one incredibly competent staff member. You know, it's, but but the point was like you know everyone knew everyone knew what the rules were. Everyone read at, at a perfect pace. They um, they enunciated their words. Sixty minutes and have, <clears throat> so we just kept things briskly moving along. Okay, so that's the other thing that I that I want to I, I do want to mention is we made the decision to go with timed halves and um now there are a couple of things that worked in 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 our favor so we did that because so many of these quiz bowl tournaments run like to the to to the wee hours of the morning it feels like when you have 10 or 12 rounds and they're toss-ups and bonuses and and they just go on forever and high school kids may be built for that middle school kids are not they cannot handle these incredibly long grueling tournaments and Frankly, I made that decision not for the kids, but for my staff. I mean, they're giving up their Saturday. This is they're they're volunteering to do this, and <clears throat> I don't I don't want them to to hate the experience. So so we decided to go with sixteen minute halves. Uh, so each game was thirty two minutes in length, or twenty toss ups, whichever came first. And uh, I would say most matches went the full 20 toss-ups and bonuses <clears throat> occasion there were one or two didn't and 
you know, there might've been like a, a tech, a tech glitch or, or something that, that kind of crept up that kept that from happening, but nothing went fewer than 18 and, and the matches that went 18, they weren't close. Like they were, you know, so it's not like the last two toss ups would have mattered. So most, most uh, things went 20, but I think one of the reasons for that was so many of these questions were powered. And when we were, you know, talking about the questions and I said, they might've, they might, they might've been too easy for the group that we had. You heard the list of teams that we had. They really are like 10 of the best programs in the country. And, um, 80% of all of the questions were powered. So I, I actually put this on HS quiz bowl forum, but Andrew, you know, if you look at, um, the history of NAQT's MSNCT, the history of, um, the middle school championship in preliminary rounds. There's only one match in all of NAQT history at MSNCT where more than 80% of the questions were powered hmm. one. And here for an entire tournament over 80 or close to 80% of the questions were, were powered. Hmm. So, I mean, that just goes to show like the level of competition was, was really good. And the questions were a little too easy for them. Mm -hmm. I actually, <laughs> um, I actually had a couple of, um, interesting conversations with players on the fly who just started openly speculating about uh, how they could change their, their, their tactics, you know, not, not necessarily their strategy, their overall strategy of just no more things than the other team, but like how they could change their game by game tactics uh, for a tournament like this, because they said things like genuinely, I think we just have to start buzzing way faster. If you even have a hunch about what you, what it might be, because it, right. it's, it's easy. It's an easy packet. It probably will be right. right. Like, and if it's not, if you, if you don't know by the fifth word, you're just going to, you just have to assume you're not going to get it. And the other team's going to get it. it. It's funny. And I'm going to, I'm going to call my own team out here because I remember that conversation happening before the last match in our room, mm -hmm. which was between Longfellow and Middlesex A and Longfellow six and O Middlesex A is five and one. And if Middlesex A won, it would essentially it was essentially like an advantage final for Longfellow. Okay. If Middlesex A had won, they would force a an eighth round final between the, those same two teams. And if Longfellow won, then that's it; it's over. They're they're the tournament champions. And uh, I, I think it was uh, Felix, who's one of our uh, A team players um, and one of the best players we have, said, "Hey, you know, as you said, Mister T, like we just have to be more aggressive. And if we know it." Like if we have a hunch, just go for it. And to start the match, they did. Yeah, they, they, they were they, got, they were up 170 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's looks like the strategy is working. Yeah. And then either Longfellow caught on and changed their strategy mid mid match, or you know, Middlesex kind of took a step back a little bit, but Longfellow came back and won that match. Yeah. Uh, to 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 not force a, a an eighth round and win the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, understanding proper strategy uh, or understanding what you should do and then executing on that plan are two very different things. Um, right. You know, all I have to do is put my hand on the wing of the plane, uh, you know, and then jump out and then after a few minutes, pull my chute. And then, you know, you're, you're then you're there in the plane with the wind howling in your face and you're looking down thousands of feet and you're like, what that's the plan <laughs> that that was the best i could come up with that was what i was supposed to do are you sure there's no other option i can't just you know uh there's no easy way down um so i think it's uh coming up with a plan versus executing on it um right. and you know 
to their credit, I think they 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 came across exactly the right answer. Uh, but maybe they they needed a round or two to to experiment with trying it out and sticking to it. And and also like they weren't they weren't playing some also Rand's team. They were playing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, arguably one of the best programs. Not arguably, inarguably one of the best programs in the history of Quiz Bowl. Mm-hmm. That are incredibly well coached, and they're all you know returning players. Like mm-hmm. you know, I I also think it's interesting. So. The theory is that if you have any kind of a small advantage, you should press your advantage for as long of a period of time as you possibly can. Like, let's say uh, you and I were going to play for like some kind of a chess championship. If I knew I was 2% better than you, uh, I would say something like, well, it should definitely be a 50 game championship because over the course of more games, it's just more likely that I'm going to be able to leverage that 2% extra skill and, and beat you. Right. Uh, how that applies to this situation in Quiz Bowl is that I feel as if when packets are very easy and the, the level of play of the players is this high, uh, the level of randomness of like the questions of the topics of what players, what buzz phrases players just happen to have now uh, does increase considerably. And I think that can be frustrating for a lot of players because they can be like, I would have gotten that question three words later, still in power. Uh, but because, you know, this person had watched this crash course history video or because this person had made flashcards based on the, you got to nose from NAQT, they got it two words faster than I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, genuinely 99% of the time that two word difference doesn't matter. It's just that these packets probably needed to be slightly tougher uh, so that that advantage could kind of be leveraged over time. So the other thing that I did to before the, the tournament started was I, I did my best to kind of organize everything ahead of time. Um, and I don't know if that's a luxury that that you have out there if you are planning to or run your own tournament. But I created the Zoom rooms for each room. So so each room was its own Zoom meeting. Yeah, I, I didn't had do breakout room. As a moderator, I just had to stay in my own Zoom room all day, which was nice. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I thought that would be easier than breakout rooms because it is and everyone would be going back to um, the like the forum or the lobby or whatever. And then I'd have to move. But, you know, and with 10 teams, it's not that big of a deal. But if if we scale up to 24 teams or 36 teams, that would just be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, about like the, the latency and the the speed connection of you know, a Zoom room with 10 people in it versus a Zoom room with 100 people in it w- broken up into 10 breakout rooms. Right. But I do know that um, having the individual Zoom rooms be breakout rooms helped me because I had students who had like insane uh, connection speeds um, and were having some difficulties with it. So they disconnected and then they reconnected. And they wouldn't have been able to do that if we were doing breakout rooms. They would have reconnected mm-hmm. into a main room where maybe they were sitting by themselves. Right. And we couldn't have been able to jump back right back into play. That said, uh, I did see a player with something like a 6,000 ping, something like that on Koba. Like basically the, they buzz and then six seconds later it buzzes in uh, and they still powered a question. Uh, about um, about uh, I, 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 I wouldn't give it away. No, 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 no. don't, 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 don't give it away. something related to. Uh, so it was very impressive, and it, it was the full six seconds. They were like, "I was buzzing on like the second word." Um, so that was that. You know, you can't take it away from them. 
so yeah, so I, I made, uh, I created five, actually I created six different zoom meetings, one for a lobby and then one for each of my rooms. So if I do this again and I scale up, let's say to 24 teams, it would be, you know, a lobby and then 12 rooms. And I, I made each of my moderators, the host of a room, um, Zoom doesn't allow me as a host to open two rooms at the same time. And so, Andrew, I actually had this, this moment of panic when um, Lucy Berry, who's one of our assistant coaches, she does the uh, the summer camp with me. Um, she, she was my co-host for the, for the lobby Zoom. When she went to go start her own room, it gave her that message. Like, you're the host of another meeting that's in progress. So if you want to open this one, you're going to close the other one. And she actually closed the entire lobby for everybody. <laughs> and so I had this moment of, oh my gosh, I'm the host of all of these rooms. They're not going to be able to run simultaneously. And like for a couple of seconds, this panic set in, like the whole tournament's just going to fall apart because we can't have rooms open at the same time. And then I thought, well, I guess we could just do breakout rooms if, if necessary. And I watched my phone and I waited to for text to pop up and say, it won't let me open. And those texts never came. So, <laughs> so like, okay, I guess we're good. I guess, uh, I guess we can, uh, we can run our tournament successfully then. Um, it also helped that I switched my Gmail account from my school to, um, you know, the, the four ten points at gmail.com. Yep. Always got to have a backup. <laughs> Always got to have a backup Gmail. Account. So yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it worked, man. Um, I, I know people like discord. I'm, I'm still not, uh, I'm, I guess I'm more comfortable with it now. And I feel like if I had to, I could run a tournament on discord. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but my staffers, I don't think are comfortable with, yeah. with I'm, discord. A, I'm, I'm a cranky old man, uh, mm-hmm. at 26, and I'm not even a huge fan of Discord. I've used it for things like uh, D&D or, uh, you know, playing video games online with friends and talking to them. Um, but I'm I'm just not a huge fan of Discord for, uh, like, the audio quality. Like, I was trying to listen to someone talk on Discord yesterday, and I heard every other word of what I'm sure was a very cool description of, you know, some magical castle or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that we're about to enter and fight some some big bad guy in, but I only heard every other word, and I'm like, I, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, this completely takes me out of the experience, and I feel like if we can avoid that for Quiz Bowl, where every other word is so important, uh, then I think you know if it works, uh, don't if it doesn't if it works, don't break it. Yeah, right? I, but but I guess the, the benefit of it is it's free, and a lot of schools don't have Zoom, mm. so you know. Um, but one of the days, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, one of the days where we had a half day or something like that and we were home, um, I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, I'm going to just sit and learn how this works and I'm going to write down the steps that I take in order to create a tournament on discord. And, um, I, I succeeded and I think I might, if, if given an opportunity, um, like actually make a video explaining how to set up a discord server to host a quiz bowl tournament. Uh, Cause I, I attended a webinar and the guy who ran it was obviously very knowledgeable about discord, mm-hmm. but um, just 
he was a little bit too advanced for the people in the room, mm-hmm. myself included. Mm-hmm. I, I started off by like trying to slow him down. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to stay with you, but like, this is what I see on my screen and I don't see the same thing on yours. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, you just got to do this. And you type this here and blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah. like, and then let okay, me tell you about, one of those. let me tell you about how you have bots in your, in your Discord. Yeah. Right. He's like, okay, like, this is how you, inter- this is the tournament like, bot. Uh, like, no. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are better ways of doing it than what I would explain. And, you know, the the real Discord experts will look at my video and kind of like snicker at it. And mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not for that it's audience. Not, it's not okay? for them. Yeah, it's right. not for you. It's for <laughs> right. the, you know, the the teacher who's trying to maybe set up something for Quiz Bowl that has never done it before. The high school student who, like, is vaguely familiar with Discord as a way to play among us but doesn't know how to do it, anything with it beyond that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think those kinds of resources are very valuable because those kinds of resources are hard to find. Like I genuinely have searched for so many videos that uh, teach my students really simple things. And uh, when there's like a one minute long video on like how to set up your bookmarks bar and like how to organize your bookmarks on like a, on Google Chrome, and it's got like no ads, no fluff. It just shows you exactly how to do it. It like zooms in on exactly what you're going to press. Uh, the comments are always really telling. The comments will always be like incredible. Exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So fast to the point. Like you don't have to tell me your whole life story about how, yeah. you know, you were always inspired by the Google Chrome bookmarks bar. <laughs> and, you know, one day you hope that you could be grow up to be just like the Google Chrome bookmarks bar. And you're like, this, this makes no sense. Like uh, it almost reminds me of like... Um, uh, I've heard a lot of friends who use recipes online. Uh, uh, Andrew, as you're talking, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, yeah. okay, like I just want a recipe for, mm-hmm. you know, like a basic Dutch oven bread. Mm-hmm. Like, just show me and like, like yes, the history of this is the history of my bread. family coming from the Netherlands. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on page 99, <laughs> there's oh, really quick, uh, you put it in the oven for 45 minutes and then it's done. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's the sort of tutorial that we're looking for. And I would say. Um, I think all the players that that played in the tournament had exactly the level of engagement and enthusiasm that we were looking for. They were excited to hear the questions. I actually think uh, the 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 level of the questions is something that uh, it brings it brings up something that I personally have a lot of expertise in uh, because I'm very curious about it. Like it's something called flow. Have you ever heard of that, Ken? Being uh, flow. Uh, Go, go ahead. Oh, being maybe, in flow, maybe, but I don't know. Being in flow is like being in the zone. Uh, like you maybe hear an athlete, like they're on a hot streak or mm-hmm. a person is really engaged in something and they're like, uh, you know, completely focused on that task. Um, and I don't know if I can, can I send you a link through? We're going to give it a shot. I'm going to try to send you a link through. Uh, uh, chat. Yeah, in the chat. Okay. Uh, but I, I just linked Ken a, a, a little diagram that I've drawn probably a hundred times. Uh, where on one side, it says the scale of challenges. So that's the vertical uh, side of the graph. And on the right Mm -hmm. side, it says your range of capabilities. And so what you really want to be in flow, to be in state, to be, uh, you know, focused and in in the perfect mood to be uh, at your best performance is to have your level of skill be equal to the challenge. So for someone who's like a high level mathematician, and I give them a tricky math problem, they'll be really excited and engaged with it maybe for 10 Mm -hmm. or 15 minutes and then they'll solve it. If I give them, you know, four times eight, they're 
their board, right? Like if right, you go too right, low, right. if you go too low, like you, the range of capabilities is too low. Um, like either it, you go into anxiety and boredom and frustration where you're like, okay, this is too hard for me. Or you go into like anxiety, worry, perplexity, like, you know, this is, this is way too easy for me. Uh, so things can either be way too easy or way too hard. And both ways you lose people. Like right. either they don't care because there's like apathy and boredom uh, or, you know, you're just experiencing like anxiety and worry and you're making people feel badly. Uh, like I remember one of my first experiences ever reading Quiz Bowl in high school uh, was actually I read a packet and I was like, I had my hand on the buzzer and I'm like, oh, these buzzers are cool. This is cool. And I don't I didn't get a single question because all the questions were so hard and I had never I had never played a single packet. Um so I, I remember walking away and being like, yeah, it's just not for me. I guess that's, you know, they're all brainiacs. They're all so good. Um, and I think one of the things that this packet did really well to maximize engagement and to keep, keep it fun, you know, and, and standing with, you know, the, the theme of this episode, are we having fun yet, uh, is the questions were a little easier. And so it did make it more fun because there was a, an anxiety, a good one, that like, hey, every word of this of this question is going to be invaluable. It might be the word that I power uh, power this question on, and it feels good to power lots of questions. Right. Like those teams walking away were like, wow, we powered nine questions. We powered twelve questions. They felt great about themselves, and that's the kind of experience that if you have that really early on in Quiz Bowl, uh, you do extremely well in the future. There's a there's actually a ton of literature, Ken, about uh, the poker players who stick with the game over a really extended period of time. Almost all of them had a very, very disproportionate lucky win super early on in their career. And so they got that huge hit of a reward. And then they were like, I'm going to keep sticking with it. And so maybe they, they, you know, got top eight in the World Series of Poker and they didn't win anything for nine years. But still, they had that win that propelled mm -hmm. them and, and stuck them with it because they, they now know that that positive feeling, that positive high is possible. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of our quiz bowl players experienced. Hopefully, at our event, they they saw what it was like to power twelve power twelve questions and feel good about yourself and feel like your study has paid off. So I I think that's a good transition into um, you know the the larger discussion that we want to have today uh, because you know you asked that question last uh, last episode to me and um, to the other coaches on our panel about. Are your kids having fun? And uh, honestly, I didn't, you know, I, I mentioned later in the episode that I didn't like my answer. Um, and so we've been trying to take steps as a program to make sure that our players are enjoying themselves. And, you know, the, the kids that are in our top tier, the kids that competed last weekend and, you know, stuff like that, like they, they are very intrinsically motivated and they, or maybe they've, you know, they've, they've competed at, at live tournaments before and they know what this is all for. Like they know the, um, the reward for the grind of practicing and stuff, but you know, I'm sure a lot of programs are struggling with recruiting and, um, and they might get a kid to come to a practice or two, but you know, how do you get them to stay when they can't interact with players, uh, like they normally do in person and, um, and, you know, if they if they have to compete against some of these top players in practice and they're not answering questions, they feel like you do when you said you were, you know, at high school, you had your, your hand on a buzzer and you didn't answer any questions. Um, so so, Andrew, how do we 
how do we start having fun when players don't necessarily know any better? Oh, I have been with a group of sixth graders for a bit now in our Thursday practices. And um, I think one of the things that uh, that has taught me is that players like to be rewarded for the things they already know. So it, it isn't it isn't possible to really have an hour-long session where none of the things that come up are a player knows already uh, and have that be like a really positive, rewarding, engaging session. Uh, I wonder if there's some sort of a formula for how much of this is content I already know versus how much of this is content that, that uh, I'm learning. There's some sort of a balance there. Uh, maybe even some sort of a, I can imagine something like, imagine practicing uh, with a mix of middle school and high school questions, even if you're trying to level up your team um, to give them, you know, a higher level content, you can mix in easy middle school questions and, and hard high school questions. Um, but one of the ways that I've been doing that personally is using a website called uh, jeopardylabs.com. Uh, and I... <laughs> I think it's been great. I've been using it over Zoom. Uh, what I do is I, uh, honestly, I've been browsing through it a lot, looking for content other people have made. Uh, and I've been, you know, finding uh, a five by five Jeopardy sort of panel uh, and just breaking the kids up into teams. And they just play something like a team Jeopardy. I don't know if there's actually an, an equivalent of Jeopardy um, where there's a whole team that can buzz in. But I just uh, use Koba. And I, I have them locked out until I finish reading the entire statement. And then I unlock so they can all buzz in the same way that uh, Alex Trebek would do it. Um, but uh, it, it, is, it is definitely something they enjoyed to the extent where I was reading a few questions from that last packet. Uh, and then a few more students joined. And then they said, we're still going to play Jeopardy, right, Mr. T? This isn't all we're going to do today. We're not just going to read questions. We're going to play Jeopardy, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I switched over pretty quickly and they were all happy about it. Um, so obviously to the extent where it's been requested specifically, I think that at least is one thing for me that's been kind of a home run uh, to keep them engaged and keep them having fun. So. Yeah, that, that's great. I know some of those players show up to our uh, ancillary practices and, you know, they, they, they struggle to buzz in because mm -hmm. that's when a lot of the other top tier players do. And, um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that they are engaged uh, in, in, uh, in these other practices. Um, <clears throat> I've also so, been, I've also been to, to elaborate even more. And I, you know, genuinely, I told Ken earlier, uh, if I needed to talk about something for 20 minutes straight without, uh, without, you know, trying too hard, I could, I could talk about quiz bowl very easily. So uh, stop me if, if any of this is irrelevant, but I feel like um, one of the other things that, that really I've noticed about like lower level players when they're playing is um, I try to reward well, them. Let's call them possible. developing players. Yeah, developing players. When I think of lower level, I think of like the lower grades. So I'm thinking of like sixth graders, maybe sure, even sure, fifth sure. graders, maybe sixth and yeah. seventh graders. Um, I'm trying to reward them as much as possible. Like I'm trying to make sure that they draw a connection between the time that they spend playing quiz bowl and having a good time. Uh, and it's very similar to studying genuinely. Like we don't always enjoy all the time that we spend studying for a test. Like we don't enjoy all the time that we spend studying for a math test. Do we enjoy the good grade that we get and the feeling that we get afterwards, maybe a week later? Yeah, of course we do. 
but how do you incentivize people to do that early studying? You know, um, uh, you have to give small pieces of feedback over time uh, that develop into something like a self-confidence, a sense of, hey, I'm good at this, um, a sense of, uh, you know, personal self-worth when it comes to these things. And that's why I've been pushing students a lot into just specializing and exploring things they're interested in. Uh, Ken, before I worked, I, before I did Jeopardy with some of my sixth graders the other day, what I asked them to do was I pulled up the NAQT You've Got to Know uh, sheet, and I told them, uh, I want you to scroll down this list of links, and I want you to tell me one link that you genuinely think is an interesting one, that you genuinely think is cool. And one person was like, active volcanoes. Another person was like, assassinations. Another person was like, um, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of other things. They were like um, emperors of Japan, something like that. Like there's there's things that that if you just were to put it in front of a kid, they'd be like, oh, that's neat. I, I'll read about that. And I think one of the things that is the strength of Quiz Bowl is that you can be rewarded for only studying the stuff you care about. Imagine how different our school system would be on an on a high school and elementary level if kids only studied the stuff they cared about and were only graded on the stuff that they cared about, uh, which incidentally is how our college system works, how our university system works, is that we we have the ability for people to self-select into things like engineering, into nursing, whatever. So they're, they're theoretically, their classes are only about things that they care about, right? Um, Quiz Bowl is like a really early experience with that, where kids can be like, you know what? I'm just gonna learn everything about uh, biology, flora and fauna, and I'm literally going to blank out everything else because I don't care about that stuff. Like when when mathematicians come up, I genuinely that doesn't you know make me excited. When music musical stuff comes up, that that doesn't uh, you know doesn't make me excited and want to practice more. Like but when I hear about like an obscure frog or like parts of the plant, like man, I'm there. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna buzz in and I'm gonna get that one. I'm like as soon as I possibly can and crush everyone. Right. Uh, and I think that is that is at the heart of Quiz Bowl. And that's why Quiz Bowl is as widespread and popular as it is, is that it rewards you for doing what you already want to do. Uh, it doesn't push you into a mode of practicing or studying that is completely unique. It, it rewards you for doing what is most fun. Um, Ken, I think I may have mentioned this, but there's a really famous, I'm really big into game design. Uh, I think it's super fascinating, and I think design in general is really fascinating. And there was a game made by this famous designer where uh, the game had gotchas in it. So if you said the wrong word, uh, then someone else could say gotcha, and then you would lose some points or something would happen. And he designed so it. It sounds like taboo. Yeah, right? it is a little like yeah. that. Yeah. And so his thought was, oh, the players will talk, and they'll be doing all the stuff, and then you know it's kind of fun. The gotchas are interspersed in there. And then they were like, well, well, let's see how people play with it. And no one talked. <laughs> so they were, it was dead silence for 15 minutes straight. And uh, then they asked the players afterward. They're like, why didn't you talk? Why weren't you laughing? Why aren't you having fun? And they're like, well, there's a card that says if you're laughing, that's a gotcha. And then I would lose points. And they didn't say like, oh, this is a they didn't say like, oh, th I'm playing the game wrong or anything like that, they immediately turned around and were like, you guys designed a terrible game that made it so that what I needed to do to win wasn't the thing that was also fun. And in Quiz Bowl, the thing you need to do to win is also the thing that's fun. It's just mm -hmm. care a lot about a really obscure thing. Like when you have that player on your team 
who's like, I can list you all of the, the 1992 Mets in alphabetical order with their blood types and like uh, all of their, you know, runs batted in. And then a question comes up about, you know, uh, an obscure Mets player there. That player is on clouds nine, right? Cloud Bill nine. Dakota. Yeah, exactly. They, Dick Schofield. I'm, no I'm naming 92 Mets for those of you that don't know. Absolutely no one else in the tournament got that question, <laughs> but that one play, one kid powered Dave it Telgator. and felt like all of his all of his time and all of his his uh, you know personal interest in the material was relevant and rewarded. So I think that's one of the things that we should focus on in Quiz Bowl, especially, especially, especially for um, younger developing players, is just letting them explore stuff they're interested in. Like, yes. So, so like, obviously when they're playing Jeopardy, like that's fun and stuff. Mm -hmm. The the goal has to be though, or, or maybe not, maybe, maybe you're going to talk me out of this, but the goal has to be to improve though. Right. Yeah. I'm having them take notes. And then I asked them afterwards, share me two things that you didn't know before. And they said things like, yeah, I didn't know Mexico city was the largest city in the, you know, the, uh, North America. Yeah. Um, I had no idea. And they were, someone else was like, yeah, I learned about this person being assassinated. Like they, they mentioned something from the article that they read. Sure. Um, so they, they walk away with something. It's not necessarily going to be mm-hmm. like you walk through the periodic table and they remember everything about it. They might remember a, a funny anecdote that you tell them. Um, they might remember, um, you know, some name that sounded silly to them. So they were like, Ooh, Rutherfordium. That's so, that's so funny. You know, I'll remember that. I have a friend named Rutherford or they're like, Oh, my dog is named Rutherford. You know, like you never know what connections players are going to make. Um, so I think I think if you are aiming to get better, the best thing that you can do is I, I always say when it comes to reading, because I'm an English teacher, is that quantity leads to quality. And the player that's genuinely having fun playing Quiz Bowl and practicing Quiz Bowl is going to practice way more than the player that's not having fun. And at the end of that much much more increased amount of time that player is going to have learned more and taken more away from it from the player that wasn't having fun sure. and maybe just doing note cards of like things that come up a lot. Um, so that's, and, that's and, it. you know, when you mentioned that, like you think about how even our, our top players are practicing mm-hmm. and they're not reading an encyclopedia because that's yeah. not fun. Mm-hmm. They're they're watching YouTube videos, like you mentioned. So making making YouTube videos, even we have, right, uh, right, we have yeah, very J- talented. Jamie, right? I have him, I'm subscribed to his channel where he talks mm-hmm. about you know the Greek gods and things like that. I don't know what it is, so I can't. I don't remember it exactly, so I can't shout it out. I'm sorry, Jamie. Um, um, but but you know, also it's it's protobol. Like the kids yeah. love protobol, and in fact, how many times? I don't know if you noticed this, but yeah, the they'll, they'll gather on the third word and, and they'll they turn protobol. and be like protobol. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what's fun for them. Not reading an encyclopedia, maybe not even flashcards or, yeah. you know, um, stuff like that. And like, I, I guess it's also important to know not everybody is going to be Tate Armstrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, Tate. Not everyone's going to be Tate Osborne. Yeah. Um, not not everybody's going to be John Phipps or 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 uh, Will Golden, you know, like, you know, not everybody is going to be even on a team that qualifies for nationals. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, uh, of the twelve hundred kids at Middlesex at any given time, it's not a ridiculous assumption to say that ten percent have done quiz bowl. 
mm-hmm. even if even if it's for you know a couple of weeks or or, or a year. Um, there are plenty of kids that do it in sixth and seventh grade, and by eighth grade, they're ready to move on to something else. And mm-hmm. um, I have them in class. I, I don't begrudge that decision because they are they're sitting in and saying, "Okay, I had fun. Um, I want to do other things. You know, I want to swim, or I want to I want to I want to play lacrosse or field hockey or or whatever." And they recognize the other eighth graders in you know th- that I'm with that are still in it really takes it take this seriously and at some point and we've said this on this podcast before at some point when you want to go from you know one level to a notch above it you have to put in so much work where it it sometimes it does cease to be a little fun and they don't want to make that they don't want to make that sacrifice and that's okay right that's okay. So you were talking about these developing players that are in sixth and seventh grade. We want them to enjoy the experience, even if it doesn't lead to eventually being on Middlesex A, playing for a national championship. Absolutely. That is okay. It's, it's the friends that you make along the way. Uh, it's the uh, positive experience you had. It's developing as a person, your sportsmanship, your attitude, um, your uh, you know, uh, stick-to-itiveness in the face of adversity. Uh, and I, I see all of those qualities and spades from all the players that have graduated from, uh, you know, our quiz bowl program. So right. I'm very proud of them. Yeah. yeah. So I want to ask you about, uh, something else about like having fun, uh, mm-hmm. because with these online tournaments, there've been, um, a lot of accusations, if not like actual instances of what's called biking. Are you familiar with the term biking? I'm not Mr. familiar Priyaga? with the term biking unless it's a cycle. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't either. And then they, they, <laughs> was that a tournament? Like, yeah, this player's biking. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I was, uh, I was the oldest moderator by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is a, this is the young people term. What does this mean? And they, that's just, it's quiz bowl slang for cheating. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not even quiz bowl slang. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, but it, it, it's a reference to Lance Armstrong. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can you explain why people would do that and think that that's fun? Oh yeah. Um, Well, it's the same reason uh, I'm going to go full millennial here. It's the same reason playing video games with cheats on is fun, right? Uh, it's because it's not the usual experience. It is something different. It's something novel. It gives you an experience of seeing what the other side is like. Um, think about playing a video game where you only have one or two lives, and then you type in a special code, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start, and then you get 100 lives. And you're like, wow, this is fantastic. I no longer have any anxiety about you know falling off a cliff and dying. I can try this level as many times as I want. I can do all these things. And now I'm actually enjoying the game more. It's actually directly, Ken, about uh, correcting that anxiety chart that I was showing you earlier. Uh, By cheating, you can artificially increase your skill uh, while the challenge stays the same, which puts you into that state of flow. Uh, What what a person who's cheating is saying is that the questions are too hard. And uh, the questions are too hard, and they're not having fun. Um, So, Ken, you and I have talked about it before. I, I think at some point there will be a, uh, I, I would love to, to, I don't care if it's named after me or something like that. Um, the, the Kafka cheating open, the Kafka quiz bowl 
uh, you know, no holds barred, cheating is allowed tournament. And I think it would be a really fascinating experiment because, uh, you know, there will be teams that come in and try to play uh, with, you know, integrity and stuff like that. And uh, I would love for there to temporarily be something like a free-for-all sort of arena free play uh, creative mode, if you're thinking of something like Minecraft, where there's not really any rules or restrictions and players can try to Google things really quickly. Players can try to, you know, there use, has to be a line their though, Alexa right? in their home. Genuinely, okay, the, genuinely, no. Okay, I have the. Okay, then I'm gonna okay, pretend to be. Here's I'm the thing, because you can break it. You can break it a hundred different ways. Right. And that's what's fun about it. Okay, so so you have your questions. What what what, what questions would we use? Okay, uh, it's a question set that I put together myself. Oh, okay. All right. So that's that would have to be like you understand that would have to be the thing because sometimes people have the questions in front of them. Like that's, they, they've heard the questions already. Mm -hmm. Well, if a, and, I, I don't think that's the, the biking sort of thing you're talking about at tournaments. Like if those players already have the questions and the tournament's already been read, like, oh, they're reading NAQT, what was the last packet like, that it was? NAQT MS35, and they've already heard MS35. Well, then, you know, I, like, there's not much you can do. At some point, like, the, 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 I mean, I can understand, like, okay, let me see how quickly I can Google it and... Um, and it's see if I can beat all of these really of good players. But here's okay, the that's thing. That's what's fun. But having the questions in front of you and trying yeah, to answer that's them. Not like, that's right. Like, yeah. what are we doing? You know? <clears throat> but yeah, I think um, here's the thing. I, what I would say is um, I would have it be cameras on over Zoom. Uh, so I would have it be cameras on over Zoom. And uh, I, would, I would genuinely just have it be, uh, you know, sort of a free for all. And I think it'll be fun. That's that's the thing. On some level, in small amounts, cheating is fun. And you can quote me on that. <laughs> no, I, uh, I hear you. And it's just, it's I, not I think, fun I think all of us at some point have been so frustrated with a video game or something like that, that we have resorted to some sort of a, a tactic. I'll tell you a quick anecdote, Ken. Um, I, I remember being on uh, the Metro North in, I think it was like, Man, 2008, 2009. And so I was on the Metro North train uh, going to school. And uh, I, all of these businessmen are sitting around playing Angry Birds. So people are either reading the paper or they're playing Angry Birds. So you just see papers wrestling. And then you'd hear someone go, eh, hee ha ha, as the little like Angry Bird <laughs> flew across the screen right. and knocked over some pigs and stuff like that. And I remember looking over this one uh, older gentleman's shoulder. He was probably, you know, 55 60 you know uh and i saw he was he was frustrated with this level like it, it was a hard level it was later on in the game he just couldn't do it and i i saw him like visibly like ugh, like angry for like several minutes and then i saw him do something that up to that point i had never seen anyone do which is he hit like a, a special button that was on the side and he he bought like some in-game thing. I think it was like the Mighty Eagle or something like that. And it just came and just smashed through all the pigs, just immediately gave him five stars, just like absolute destruction. And the smile on this guy's face was so worth that 99 cents. He was like, <laughs> yeah, I did it. Like, like, you know, he was so happy. And I think that's, that's on some level what, what people hope that they 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 could get from cheating. They want to be like, okay, this validates me. This this makes me feel better about myself. This makes me this gets rid of my frustration. 
Um, and I, I understand, I empathize with those people because there are times where, as we've said many times, like very, very high level quiz bowl uh, absolutely can be uh, grueling and difficult. And I, I, I think you only have to look at something like the, the, the number of variations that are becoming popular in online chess right now, like things like fog of war or um, like players having really goofy pieces changed around and stuff like that. Uh, players are just looking for something like a fun experience. They're not looking for every game to be like this grueling, like, am I better than you? Have I practiced more hours than you? Sometimes they just want to like be surprised at, at, at an element of randomness, have a little bit of fun. Um, so I think in that sense, uh, I understand why they're cheating. Um, but I also say that like, that's something you can do in practice. Do that when you're practicing with your team. Like uh, when you're, when you're in a, a, practice with your classmates or whatever you, you guys can say hey this time let's just try you know like you can use your phone and google the answer and whoever gets it you know it, whoever gets it gets it and like all sorts of variations and things like that because that is fun in its own way that's that's not what a tournament where other teams have maybe paid money to enter maybe there's some serious results entered on NAQT that's not what that arena is for I think those players are kind of misunderstanding um what what a tournament is for it's for that really grueling experience um and it's for that you know let, let's see really how good i am testing my metal against everyone else so that's why i think there should be a you know wacky kafka-esque sort of experience uh, and i don't think anyone has even come close to offering that it only exists in my mind uh and i can only imagine the the number of emails i'll get from parents afterward but it's fine Hey, have you have you never played chess with someone who's much better than you and like pulled up an engine in the other window, like and just smash them and been like, oh yes. <laughs> like and they're I, just like they're just like typing like WTF, like with all the exclamation points. Like, like what have you been doing? Like practicing chess mm -hmm. nonstop? And you're like, no, I have like I have like Hikaru bot in the other window. Like <laughs> there's no way you were gonna win. You know, like when it when I play like Madden or MLB the show, like I like the rookie setting and but in my mind's it's not cheating. My the challenge is can I hit five hundred for a year? Can I hit uh two hundred home runs in a season? Um, you know, can I throw for ten thousand yards? Like that's mm -hmm. like that's the, so there's still a challenge for me. Um but uh I don't know, like games are not fun unless everyone's taking it with the same level of seriousness. Hmm. And when you have, you know, four or five players that are playing by the rules and, and two or three that are just trying to get away with, you know, it does, it, it certainly, it cheapens things. And, you, you know, like play that out. If you think that it's okay to look up an answer mm -hmm. to a question that's being read, then is it also okay for the scorekeeper to just award points to another score, team? Yeah. yeah. You know, you like we're just or, slipping 20 bucks. Yeah. So if, if I, the, I, as the tournament director is like, Hmm, yeah, I see Longfellow won that last match or they didn't, you know, I can just, mm -hmm. uh, I can just change the scores and mm -hmm. it, you know, then, you know, yeah, like if 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 you're playing a sport and the and the referee is just obviously calling things for the other team or just okay, your shots are worth two points, but their shots are worth five. Like it's simply like, no, that's not fair. Like, yeah, we here's get the it. thing These though. Here's the thing. We've done that. We've done that exact thing in practice where sixth graders getting a toss up or a bonus is worth double or triple. 
and eighth graders getting it is worth the regular 10 points. But why and do we do that? We've done that because it, 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 it artificially balances out. Right. Right. And, and, to, you know, to, to make it fun, to like to, to make it fair, but in an so actual... imagine, imagine a tournament like this, Ken, imagine a tournament where it's a regular quiz bowl tournament, regular rules. Um, but it is, it is something like the, um, it's something like the, uh, young versus old tournament and it's uh sixth graders you can you can either be in sixth grade or eighth grade and uh if you're in sixth grade all your all your answers are worth double and if you're in eighth grade all your answers are worth the normal amount and you just have the teams play and you just see like hey who's better is it the eighth graders even with this handicap or is there a team of sixth graders that's so good that maybe with that handicap that actually is a really close game. I think that would be fun. You know, like I think there's ways to readjust the rules in ways that aren't explicitly cheating. Uh, the, the thing about cheating is that you're, you're breaking the social contract that's established ahead of time. But if you rewrite that contract ahead of time to change the rules, to do something that everyone has agreed in, um, that can be a really interesting way to, uh, you know, mm. experiment and move things around because a, a toss up doesn't need to be 10 points. A bonus doesn't need to be 30 points. You don't need to read all the questions in order. The questions don't all have to be from the same packet. Like uh, there are a lot of things that we understand implicitly, but we've never, you know, tried to apply them to something like a tournament setting with something like imagine there has there ever been a tournament, Ken, that's only uh let's say it's only geography questions i mean there's only trash there's only trash tournaments right sure yeah of course of course there are there are, you know there's the science b the history yeah, bowl exactly absolutely. so there's no reason that, that it can't be something like uh you know uh there there's a I'm, there's a lot of really fun variations i can think of like imagine a tournament that's exactly half literature questions and exactly half science questions and that's it like every single packet is 10 science questions and then 10 literature questions. And you know, it's going to be the first 10 questions and then the second 10 questions. So like, mm -hmm. what do you do? Do you switch your whole team in and out? Yeah. Like all like you just add, are asking a lot of interesting questions and you know, the gamesmanship is part of the fun of it. So my point is if you, if you, if everyone agrees on the cheating ahead of time, it's not cheating. If, if everyone agrees on sure. changing the rules ahead of time, you can have a really fun and different experience without anyone feeling bad about it. Right. Which goes, which goes to what I say. Like if everyone's playing with the same level of seriousness, you know, like if everyone, or if everyone's playing by the same rules, you know, mm -hmm. that's what keeps it fun. Mm -hmm. Even with any newfangled rule that, that uh, you come up with, Mr. T, you're still going to want to power questions. Absolutely. And so if you want to power questions, it's not a bad idea to listen to this episode's buzz phrase. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2019 regular academic fall tournament Packet 5 Toss-Up 1. Hard Times tokens were first minted by private banks during this leader's tenure. This president ordered his secretary of the treasury, Levi Woodbury, to pass an act that forced the purchasing of public lands to be made with hard currency. That act was called the Species Circular. The question goes on to mention the Tariff of Abominations, killing the Second Bank of the United States and his nickname, Old Hickory. 
Of course, we're talking about the seventh president of the United States, one Andrew Jackson. This is a question of regular high school difficulty. So the clue about the species circular is just out of power. If you're unfamiliar with it, the species circular basically said that if you were going to buy government lands, you needed to pay in specie or precious metals. This caused a run on banks as many people wanted to convert their wealth into gold and silver. And as a result, many banks ended up folding. The coin shortage that ensued led to manufacturers and private banks producing copper one cent or half cent size tokens that are now referred to as hard times tokens. These coins may not actually have been meant to be used as currency, but in a world before memes and late night talk shows, they were used as a platform for political statements. Some coins depict anti-slavery slogans. Some were direct attacks on Jackson and his vice president and successor, Martin Van Buren. And some even depicted advertisements to buy products. The hard times were an era that followed the Panic of 1837, which is actually during the Van Buren administration. But that's why the wording of the first clue is so important. The first hard times tokens were minted in 1832, firmly set during Jackson's presidency. Sometimes we get a little too attached to binary matching clues and really don't focus on the detailed wording of a question, so be careful. But if you do hear a question about hard time tokens and they're looking for the president who started it all, don't panic, buzz in, and say Jackson. Mr. T, are you a numismatist? I actually am. I actually have a Jackson 5. Did you know that? I have one uh, of those uh, one of those coins. It's got a... Uh... It's got Gary, it's got Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, and Michael on there. Do you you need me to give you one more chance to make a pun? Uh, No, I don't need you to strong arm me into a pun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to live that down. I annotate. I'm not going to live that down, man. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning in for 10 points. This has been the best podcast on the web. For everything Quizball related, hopefully, whether you are a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we have helped you get better, or at least help you have more fun. So thank you, uh, and we will see you all next time.